All right. Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday, October 26, 2021. We are diving in this morning to Romans Rewind. This is an opportunity to kind of run parallel to the sermon series we've been preaching on through Romans, Rags to Righteous, on Sunday mornings at Four Oaks. We're just taking those ideas, concepts, themes, pieces of theology, phraseology, and just plumbing them for all they're worth. Maybe those things we didn't get to spend a lot of time with in the Sunday sermon, but we're doing them and unpacking them here. So if I, so if I didn't say already, I'm Pastor Paul, and I'm one of the members of the pastoral team at Four Oaks, and we're super glad to be bringing these to you. Now, if you have a question about anything, either in our sermon series or in these pastoral devotionals that you want to ask, you can email us or email me, paul.gilbert at fouroakschurch.com. All right, we are in Romans chapter 3, and um, one of the things that we are keenly interested in is what exactly does Paul mean by this idea of justification, or what does he mean when he uses this phraseology to be justified? That's a crucial, crucial question because it really takes center stage, right? So we've been talking about this whole time, Roman, the first two and a half chapters of Romans, it's been just bad news everywhere. It's been Paul's indictment against all of humanity as being sinful and uh, worthy of death and judgment and the wrath of God. But then in verse 21 of chapter 3, it is, but God, right? Um, God then intervenes and sends forward his son in order that we would be justified through faith. And so this idea of justification takes central stage. And we and, and before we continue on, I thought it would be good to spend a few minutes today reminding ourselves what exactly that means, um, what is its relevance to us as believers, why is it a doctrine a first-tier doctrine, a first-order doctrine, one of those things by which the church rises and falls and by which we preserve biblical faith. So let me read the passage, that really the, kind of the whole context here that we've, that we've been in, and then we'll dive in. So let's go back to verse 21 in chapter 3. Paul says, But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. For there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified, there's the word, by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier, there's the word again, of the one who has faith in Christ and Jesus. Then what becomes of boasting? It is excluded. By what kind of law? By a law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Now here is the key verse. For we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. Now understand what a resounding shot across the bow this is for Paul writing to those Jews in part who had been reared in the rigors of the Mosaic law. Um, to, to, to say that one is justified apart from works of the law uh, was sort of Copernican in its, in its seismic impact, okay? And so let's understand how this would have landed upon them, upon the readers reading this. 
So the, the question at hand is, on what basis does God accept me? On what basis does God accept you? Obviously, as you read through the scriptures, um, the idea of the holiness of God, the awesomeness of God, the beauty and the majesty of God over against the sinfulness of man, the depravity of man, the, the fallenness, the brokenness of man, the contrast could not be more stark, correct? And the question that, that really drives all religions, it drives all searches for truth, all searches for purpose and meaning, spiritually speaking, is how is that gap to be bridged? How is it that, that the Son of God or heaven or the glory of God can come and, and coexist in a, in a peaceful, life-giving, uh, flourishing sort of way. How, how, if you were at the sunset service on Sunday night, we asked the question, how can the city of God merge with the city of man? And that's been man's task for eons, right? It's, it's trying to understand this and formulate it and figure it out. Well, almost all religions, really every, all religions apart from Christianity, run at this question by saying the way that we are made right with the holy God or the way that we bridge this gap is by particular efforts that we put forth, whether those are good deeds, whether those are um, a combination of, of different acts of service, things that we can do to make penance, to, to bridge that gap between us and God. And Paul is thundering down into the middle of that, okay, and saying that's not the way it works. God is the one who's reached down to us by his initiative, by his favor, and by his grace, and by which we are made right and reconciled to him, and that this gift is to be received by faith. So, so here's, a good, here's a good definition of what we mean by justification, and this comes from the Westminster Shorter Catechism, and I think it's, it's the best definition I've, I'm aware of, and so we're gonna, let me state it, and then we'll unpack it quickly. Justification is the act of God's free grace by which he pardons all of our sins and accepts us as righteous in his sight. Justification is received by faith alone. All right, so let's start at the beginning. Justification is an act. That means it's a declaration. Um, it is a, it's a one-time event, right? That, this is important to understand. Sanctification is the process of us growing to be more like Christ, and this happens all throughout our life, okay? Justification happens once and one time only, um, and that's at the point of our conversion, that when our faith is placed in Christ, when we are trusting in Christ for the forgiveness of our sins, when we are trusting in Christ um, to, to reconcile us to God, when we are trusting in Christ that he rose from the grave and died on the cross for us, means we're, we're apprehending it, we're embracing it, we're receiving it for ourselves, then at that moment, God makes a declaration. And this declaration is a, is a judicial declaration, okay? Because in his sight, we are now judged, pronounced not guilty. All right, so let's think about that for a second. Um, justification is an act, it's a pronouncement of God's free grace by which he pardons all of our sins. And so think about a judge for a minute in a courtroom when he makes a pronouncement over the defendant that he is not guilty, okay? That's what happens at justification for us. Through faith, God declares us not guilty. But here's the problem, okay? Um, 
we are guilty, right? We are guilty of sin. We, we, we do bring all of our brokenness into that relationship. And we have to ask on what basis does God declare us not guilty? If in fact, we're truly not, if we're in fact, we're truly guilty. Well, that comes to the second part of that definition. It is the act of God's free grace by which he pardons all of our sin. And here it is, accepts us as righteous in his sight. Now that's a mouthful. What does that mean? Well, it means that even though we are not guilty, I'm sorry, even though we are guilty and we are sinners, God not only declares us not guilty, but he treats us as if we were righteous. Think about that for a second. He, he intersects with us as if we've never committed any sins at all in terms of our standing before him. Now, on what basis does he do this? Okay, how He accepts us as righteous in his sight. And this is where we have to understand uh, what Luther called the great exchange, okay, in 2 Corinthians 5, where, where, where Paul says this, he who knew no sin, that's Jesus, became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what, what happens here is that in the death of Christ, through justification, our sin is taken upon him. He's made to be sin and punished for our sin. And his righteousness is given to us. And remember, this is an alien righteousness. We don't automatically become perfectly righteous. No, it means that when God looks at us, when God comes to us, he sees us through the lens of his son. He sees us as righteous, not because we are righteous, but because he counts the righteousness of Christ as our own. So again, imagine that you owe a million dollars and you come before the judge and you're being sued and the judge makes a pronouncement, okay, that you are not guilty, okay? However, you are guilty. You, you really do owe those million dollars. But it's not that the judge overlooks it. It's that the judge then at that moment takes out of his pocket a million dollars and puts them in your account, okay? They now belong to you, okay? You are now wealthy in that sense, but it's not your money, okay? It's money that was given on your account that now pays your debt to this other person. And this is what justification is. It's mind-boggling, it's otherworldly, it's, it turns religion upside down, but it again is the basis by which God pardons our sins, accepts us as righteous because Jesus took our sins and we took on his righteousness. Now, obviously, experientially, practically, we're still not righteous. We still are growing in grace through sanctification for the rest of our lives. But it does mean that justification happens once and once only. And once it happens, it cannot be undone. Once it happens, it is irrevocably um, part of our new status as creatures in Christ, as God's new creation in Jesus. And he is looking at us now and forevermore through the lens of his son. And this is why Paul calls this good news, right? It's absolutely phenomenal news. It's amazing news. And so when Paul, let's go back to the text. When Paul says that we are looking at verse 28 in chapter three, where we hold that no, we hold that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. This is what he's talking about. Okay. Works of the law are important and they're important as part of our sanctification. They're important as part of evidence of our salvation, but they're not the basis for our salvation. Only God's legal declaration that's applied to us because of the death of Jesus on our behalf, accepted through faith, 
this is justification. And so um, we celebrate it. We, we believe it's the center of the gospel. We believe that this is worth fighting for. It was at the heart of the Reformation. It was the heart of Augustine's theology. It was the heart of Luther's theology. It was uh, the basis of all true biblical theology. And it's what Paul is keen to preserve here. Okay, so that's our lesson for today, justification. Um, this gives us a sense of wonder and assurance, does it not? That there's nothing we can do that will separate us from the love of God. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because of his act of justification on our behalf. That is good news. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank you for your word. And we do thank you for this amazing truth of justification, which we have done nothing to earn, nothing to, we don't deserve it, but you've freely given it, this, given it to us through your son. And Lord, we, we humbly receive it from your hand. And Lord, thank you that you love us because of Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. All right, thanks everybody. Have a great day.